For January 29th, 2018, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 500. That's what I call pod racing. Welcome to Overthinking It, where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. The Overthinkers are your smart, funny friends from the internet. We're never happier than when we are hanging out together and talking. Uh, it seems like we've spent a lot of time hanging out together and talking. Gang, would you say that we've spent 500 hours <laughs> hanging out together <laughs> and talking? That uh, depends. Are you counting the TV recap episodes? <laughs> <laughs> some, some of us have <laughs> our, our uh our minutes of talking to each other level is well over nine thousand. it's <laughs> it's uh i mean conservatively 500 by an episode episode uh, average of let's say 70 is like 3500 minutes of uh of chatting with one another and uh so that's in person minutes it's it's hundreds of thousands and uh we're here to celebrate the 500th episode of the overthinking it podcast i am Matt Rather, I'm here with my good friends, Pete Fenzel. Hello, hello, Matt. <laughs> my, my voice finally gives out on episode 500. You're, you're, you're just a little choked up. We get it. I know. I'm emotional. What did, can I say? Did you did you run out of Yogi tea? Uh, <laughs> you, you, I actually uh, have some. I, I actually had some recently, and I said, guys, this is a Yogi Honey Lemon Throat Comfort Tea, the official tea of Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. I was so excited. <laughs> did, did the people you were with know what the heck you were talking about? Uh I, I had to explain it. Well, you know what? I didn't stop to figure out whether they knew or not before explaining it to them. <laughs> just, I guess sort of the procedure. I like the thought where you just like leave that hanging in the air for an uncomfortable, you know, ten Mississippi before you, uh, <laughs> you know, before you go on. Uh, we also have Mark Lee. Hello, it's great to be here for 500 friggin' episodes. 500. Unbelievable. It's uh, it's kind of a miracle. Uh, Richard Rosenbaum is here. Hello. Hello, it's great to be here for my 10th podcast ever. That's it's great great to have you. Any system, <laughs> entropy will increase in a in a closed system, you know, and we don't want to uh we don't want to bring about the heat death of the podcast. So it's nice to have, <laughs> you know, uh, uh open it's nice to have an open system and to have to have you uh Thank you. come on. All right. So uh so listen, what we're going to do is we're going to spend 1 minute on every topic uh, that we've covered so far, from zero to 499. And that will mean that this podcast is going to be eight and a third hours long. So strap in. <laughs> You're not going to do anything. No. Um, we've asked uh, all the overthinkers who are here present tonight to uh, come up with a couple of their favorite or a few of their favorite episodes, uh, topics that we've covered, either because they think we've covered them insufficiently in the 500 plus hours that we've been talking, that we've been uh, putting this podcast in your ear. Uh, or because they exemplify something about the podcast and what makes it good. Um, what uh, are the what are the episodes, the paradigmatic episodes, or the episodes, the topics that got away for you? We'll get to that in a second. First, the question of the week. Now, the question of the week is a. Um, 
is a feature that that uh, we used to put in the main podcast. Uh, it was taking over more and more of the hour, so we moved it into a, uh, a supplemental recording that's available to our members. We love our members. They support our work and make it possible for us to continue doing this, though our lives have changed a great deal since we started this podcast, uh, since we started overthinking it 10 years ago, and since we started this podcast 500 episodes ago. So, uh, you know, we, we are so grateful to you. Thank you, members. Thank you for your support if you'd like to become one overthinking it.com slash join and uh, members get things including uh some at some levels the digital library where you can listen to the question of the week every week but for the 500th we're going to bring the question of the week back into the main podcast and we are going to uh, to ask overthinkers out of the 499 regular episodes of the overthinking podcast what is your favorite podcast title that that we've done what's your favorite podcast title first in the alphabet is pete fenzel you know we've done a lot of clever titles we've done a lot of funny titles but looking through this list there was one podcast title that filled me with a greater uh, what is the term that you use in overflowing of, of fellow feeling, as it were, than all of the other uh, podcasts? Wait, uh, oh, a, flower, a great flowering of empathy and fellow feeling? Exactly. And that was episode 117, which was on September 27th, 2010. It was a beautiful moment for so many people in kind of a difficult time for the world. This was, of course... The Shark to Podcast, <laughs> which I don't know if all of you recall that Sharktopus was a phenomenon, the Roger Corman modern classic with uh, featuring a sea monster with the head of a shark and the appendages of an octopus or squid, which I think should probably be a Sharktopus would be something that has the feet of sharks rather than the <laughs> tentacles of a squid, which we went into in the podcast. But I remember that Sharktopus was the first movie I ever live tweeted, and the Shark to podcast felt like a moment of special joy where we went a lot into the pedantry of the Greek roots that are associated with portmanteau animals. <laughs> oh, also the plural of octopus, which I believe is octopode, is it not? Yes. Well, octo- yes. Yeah, so I've, I've actually, since then, I've, I've actually consulted with some biologists. So uh, I... <laughs> I gather now that the plural of octopus is octopods, right? Pod, pod referring to feet. Uh, as they say in Arrival, uh, they call them heptapods, the aliens that come and teach them the, the no past, no future, all time is present circular language, right? They call them heptapods. So the plural of octopod, octopus is octopod. The plural of sharktopus is sharktopod. And so even without knowing it, we were correct when we named it the Sharktopodcast, yes. uh, because that was, uh, you know, we actually used the correct plural without even knowing we're doing it. That's how well actually we are, my friends. And that's, <laughs> that's what I call pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Lee, you're next in the alphabet. Right, overthinking it podcast episode 255. I think I like Star Trek 2 better than... Star Trek 2. Uh, we were, of course, referring to Star Trek Into Darkness uh, and how it brought back the villain Khan, and who, of course, from prominently featured in Star Trek 2. Um, what's great about this, there's a lot of things that are great about this. Uh, one is that 
Um, I think this is the first time that uh, I saw anyone on the internet make this joke, right? That Star Trek Into Darkness was the second in the Abrams verse, and in a way, in a way, a Star <laughs> Trek two. Um, the other thing I like about it, of course, is kind of the paradoxical nature about how um, Star Trek two can be compared to a Star Trek two because it's a different Star Trek two. And third, because that kind of mind twisting um, is a kind of uh, and and recursive nature of things is uh, in a way. Uh, nicely representative of Star Trek and its vast complexity and how it just, uh, uh, not inevitably, but it doubled back unto itself. Um, Maybe not necessarily, but because we're in the business of overthinking it, because Star Trek is so overthinkable, we just, we we took it in a stride, we ran with it, and we we made something of it. Mark, in a way, isn't it also representative of the overthinking it podcast itself? In that yes. it went into darkness. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is this is dark. It's the heat death of the universe. I mean that it doubles back on itself. I, it you know it becomes everything about it becomes meta at some point or another, uh, and and uh, slightly campy. I don't yeah. know. Also, like Khan from Hell's Heart, we stab at the <laughs> weekly, weekly into <laughs> your ear. <laughs> uh this like uh you know like claudius pouring the poison into old hamlet in uh in the orchard before the sins done in his days of nature had been properly atoned for so atone for the sins done in your days of nature richard rosenbaum favorite podcast title okay i'm going to go with episode 297 from uh march 10th 2014 titled I'm going to write a bad story that people will hate. (laughs) Um, Because I think in this uh, era of uh, peak TV, and we're more peaked than ever uh, today, it's hard to figure out uh, what's good. It's hard to watch what's good. It's hard uh, to watch only what's good and figure out what's good. And, uh, you know, the old Sturgeon's Law thing, the 90% of everything is crap, basically. And uh, I think a lot about this, actually, that nobody sets out to write something terrible, but almost everybody ends up doing that anyway. And where where does it go wrong, right? At what point does it go wrong? Is it is it just the screenwriter... Is it the next screenwriter? Is it the team of ten screenwriters after that? Is it something about the director? Is it like what goes what goes wrong? But something goes wrong a lot of the time, and um, the, the 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 few times that people actually do go out of their way to write something bad, they still don't want it to be hated. They want it to be liked, ironically. Or they want it to be hated just for notoriety, I guess. But, yeah, that, that line between between something being good and something being not good enough is, to me, really interesting. Um, and it's just, that's also just a funny thing to say. I'm going to, I can do that the next time I do something that totally bombs. <laughs> no, you. I didn't want. I didn't want you to like it. 
<laughs> I kind of feel that way about the idea of order at Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, which is maybe my weirdest <laughs> overthinking it article. Here's a little factoid about that, Pete. Published on the one-year anniversary uh, of, of overthinking it. Nine years ago, yeah, man. No, the, you wrote the idea of order at Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda nine years ago. Doesn't that make you feel old? Considering that it's actually probably, I mean, not that my Star Trek Discovery recap from last week wasn't great, <laughs> but it doesn't feel like nine years of growth. That's true. <laughs> really, you haven't been, you haven't been uh, just like in that mycelial network, just flourishing and uh, and growing. Anti time, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's uh, here's uh, mine. It's episode number fifty three. Forgive me. Uh, I'm going to attempt it. Pichone gwumpki. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, the Polish word for stuffed cabbage. Uh, it was put into a. Uh, it was put into a voicemail by our good friend Emil from Poland, uh, and uh, and since then, in those in those what nine years since then, uh, Emil has become a pen pal. I know he still listens to the show. Hello in Poland. Hope you are uh, enjoying this, and uh, it it highlights something that I think is true of our show, which is that like we have gotten amazing amazing uh, correspondence from all over the world. I think I pronounced it like Pichonica Wumpke, which is how my Midwestern mother uh, used to pronounce it, I, as her mother used to pronounce it uh, when when she would make it. And, and uh, I was corrected. I was well actually by uh, an actual uh, speaker of Polish from, from, from Poland. Um, that one, the, uh, the letter we got from Georgia, not the United States state, the former Soviet Republic, where we uh, where we were told that our podcast had gotten a listener in trouble because he walks down the street listening to us and laughing, which is not done in former Soviet republics. You do not smile. You don't. Uh, you don't laugh. You don't. You know, um, break the sort of dour expression uh, to a very sweet one that we got from Australia talking about how uh, our show helped someone through a tough time in their life. For all of those great uh, responses. And for all the stories that we don't know, um, I was I, I'm super grateful for all of that. It's it's incredibly touching that we have been um, able to give something to people that has you know brightened their day or you know made their life a little better. Uh, so pichone gwumpki. It is a uh, it is a uh, kind of stuffed cabbage, and uh, I'm given to understand that it's delicious. So, all right. Uh, I put out the call last time for uh, voicemails. Here is a listener voicemail uh, about nine, ten years of the Overthinking It podcast. My name is Madeline Burke. I'm from Sacramento, California. And I'm getting kind of pensive, guys, because all I'm thinking about is how much I've changed in the last, say, eight years. I started listening to the show in late 2010. And what's interesting is that you guys, as far as from my, from my perspective, are very static. So, I don't know. I'd like to hear how your lives have changed. I know mine's been almost completely agreeable since then. New state, uh, new jobs three or four times, changed genders. All kinds of crazy stuff's been going on in my life. How have yours been? What have you been doing the last 10 years? I don't know about you guys. I'm exactly the same as I was 10 years ago. <laughs> I, have, I, have a, I have a full head of hair. 
<laughs> I have, uh, you know, I live on the East Coast. No, I mean, uh, this is obvious. I don't know that. I, uh, how 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 do we tackle this? Like, uh, Pete, do you, have, do you have any thoughts on how you've changed in in superficial or more profound ways? Uh, sure, it's been really eventful. <laughs> I think ten years ago, I was in probably my first really promising effort as an independent adult to be in a relationship with another human being on sort of a pairs basis that actually had a shot at working. Uh, and it failed, you know, for a variety of reasons. And then several years after that, I went into therapy. And I was in therapy for years and years and years, and still am. Uh, and I'll tell you what, if you have 10 years to do something with, being in therapy is a great use of that time. <laughs> it will improve your life. It will improve your understanding of yourself. It'll improve your ability to enjoy what you enjoy. Uh, I mean, I can't guarantee it, but it's been pretty huge. So I feel like now I have a lot more understanding of myself than I did. And I don't know whether that means I've become more like myself or less like myself. I'm not sure if the underlying self has moved all that much, but I do feel like I know I'm a little better now than I did then. Uh, so I think that it's, it's certainly, certainly I bench press more. That's good. And I, I lift heavier weights, which is nice. Cause that's not what a lot of 37 year old guys can say about their 27 year old selves. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that it's been a situation where at that point in my life, there was a lot of aspiration and yearning toward things could be awesome. Things could be amazing. And this idea that the outside world and the explorations of the outside world were, this thing that you could find these sorts of things in. And I think it's similar to my relationship with pop culture where it's like, Oh man, there's a new Riddick movie coming out. I have to go see prior to 10 years ago. I have to go see the new Riddick movie because it's going to be awesome. And nowadays, if there's a new Riddick movie that comes out, it's, I have to see the new Riddick movie because I love Riddick movies. And it's sort of like, I haven't necessarily found out more about the Furians or the Necromongers or the Elementals or any of the other characters from any of the Riddick movies, but I found out more about myself. And I suppose, insofar as much as Riddick is blind when there's light all around him, sometimes we are blind to ourselves, even when everything that is right there to be seen is in front of all of us. <laughs> I mean, I think that so. it's interesting, right, the idea that the idea, the the different reasons for going to uh, a movie, like we go to a lot of, we're dedicated to a lot of franchises, like more than your average uh, uh, middle, you know, uh, on the cusp of middle age adults, I think, right? Very kind of you to say that, Matt, yes. <laughs> Cusp, cusping. <laughs> and, uh, right, and, and uh, largely it's because we do this show and like it's, you know, one, one of the pleasures in my week is to uh, talk these things over with you guys and any any pretext to chat is good but the pretext of uh you know the the pretext of like hey there's uh you know there's a, a fun movie is good because it's traditional it's something we've always done it kind of reminds us of who we are it, it lets us kind of be more of who we are but um but the idea that like you go to movies because they're going to be awesome versus you go to movies because you like going to movies right like is an interesting thing one is sort of result oriented one and kind of looks forward to a uh to a sort of hypothetical event right that's going to be 
that's going to make it that's going to make everything one that's going to be perfect right like uh derrida would call it like the origin and the end of the game you know and the other way is like uh, process oriented you know like if if you're going to live life it's good to live life uh it's good to live life watching watching cool movies and and doing things you like and and no thing is going to be the thing but uh no and and that's true of the podcast also because this is the interpretive move i'm going to do just preview of coming attractions it all relates back right like no uh no statement is going to be the definitive one but um but we enjoy uh we enjoy talking mark how about you do you do you feel like your your uh life has changed or are you precisely the same as you were uh, uh you know 10 years ago well, before I a- answer that question, I just want to point out that uh, the statement, no statement is a definitive one, is definitive in its own way. Is it not, Matt? In a way, that's the definitive it statement. Is. I mean, only a Sith speaks in absolutes, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's our second prequel shout-out right there. We're nailing it, you guys. Okay, um, a lot has happened in the last 10 years. I mean, uh, I- I'm, I'm struggling to think, like, if you could uh, have any adult in their mid-30s who could honestly say that, no. Not a lot's happened in the last 10 years. Like, I don't know, unless you spent the, that entire decade in, a, in an iron lung. Or like uh, on I, that I would 70s suspect. show. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Um, so, I mean, just, the, uh, you know, the, the life events have happened have been tremendous. I changed jobs twice, got married, uh, got a dog, lost a parent, um, moved apartments many times, you know, grew in all those ways that you would expect a person to grow in terms of gaining perspective, valuing the people around you more. Um, I'd say with, with marriage as well, too, losing some free time, um, losing that sort of ability to just monastically close yourself uh, in your room and play video games and write articles or, or play the guitar by yourself, which are the things that um, I, uh, you know, still have a, a, a predilection for doing and, um, you know, don't get to do as much. But again, to the point of growth and prioritization and valuing the, the, the real life people you have around you, um, it, it's all it, it's all part of the progress. Um, I will take this time to say one thing that hasn't changed about me. And I'm so glad that it hasn't, um, because at a certain point when we uh, about a year into overthinking it, uh, writing articles and doing podcasts and things like that, I was worried that this would somehow take away from my enjoyment of pop culture. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, in the theater, you know, not letting um, myself just kind of get swept away by the cinema and like thinking about story structure and being too caught up in story structure and themes and characters and arcs and acts and this, that, and the other. And while I do think about those things, I am happy to report that when the lights in the theater go down and when a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away shows up in blue on the screen, the, the, the excitement in my heart is the same that I had in 1999. Or the year 2000, I think, when the Star Wars episode one, The Phantom Menace, came out, and uh, possibility, the possibilities were endless. Uh, the sense of joy, wonder, uh, transportation that great pop culture can gives, it, it's still there inside of me, and uh, I'm 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 really glad for that. I mean, you know, we'll turn around and and, and uh, nitpick and trash and and anal- overanalyze things to death, but you can have both of those things, um, the analytical and the emotional. Uh, we can have it all. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's never been an either or. This sort of enhances no. my enjoyment, mostly because it's an activity to do with friends, right? Like, to me, it's less, I don't know, if you guys were into fixing cars, you know what I mean? I'd, I'd learn how to swing a wrench. Uh, <laughs> not, not, um, 
Oh, I don't know where that's going. Uh, Richard, you've done 10 podcasts. How have they changed you? <laughs> well, uh, they've changed me a lot. Um, every podcast, I'm a new person. So in a way, I've only been on this podcast. <laughs> the you. Is that in that, like, yeah, all your every, cells are replaced? Yeah, exactly. Every podcast, all of your cells are replaced. If so the, no, yeah. You can't step into the same podcast twice. No, it's the podcast, or, it's the podcast of Theseus, you know? Right, exactly. Uh, well, so technically, technically, I haven't been here for the whole time, right? I uh, was not one of one of the original overthinkers, uh, but I uh, my first. Uh, but I'd been a, a reader for and a listener for quite a while. I don't even remember how I found you guys, but I know that I was solid into it. And my um, my first article was of course, about Ninja Turtles, because it's me. Um, and that was on November 2nd, 2010. So for me, it's only been about seven years, seven and a bit. Um, therefore, I think that means I'm a lot younger and fresher than all the rest of you. Um, right? With the, dewy, on, with the dewy optimism of youth still yeah. gl- glistening on you like, uh, you know, like, like glitter makeup. <laughs> like the glitter makeup that was so popular in 2010 when I started. <laughs> wait, um, is it? Wait, do they not do the do the Z? Does Generation Z not use glitter makeup anymore? I don't even know. I didn't even talk about these kids today and their rainbow parties, which was a, a, pod, <laughs> a podcast title mm-hmm. from early on. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what the youths are into anymore. I'm an old man. Yeah, I used to be with it. What, what is it? What is the it that we all we all well, used to be you know, with? it's a Simpsons quote that I think about every single day more and more, which is, you know, I used to be with it. Then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it. And what's it seems weird and scary to me. <laughs> It'll happen to you. <laughs> this was, of course, Grandpa Simpson in the 60s talking to uh, Homer. Yeah. yeah. Homer's like, I'll be cool forever. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> okay, but um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff has happened since then. Um, you know, gone through a couple of relationships, moved to a new apartment, uh, quit one shitty job for a cool job that I subsequently lost within six months. Um, I uh, stopped uh, working for the magazine that I had been uh, working for for a really long time since then. Um, started my PhD, which I'm in the middle of right now. Um, and uh, published a couple of books, which is really fun. And those are definitely... Um, that's definitely the the high point of uh, the this time, and I have overthinking it to thank for a lot of that. Um, the first the first book that I published uh, was directly inspired, or a, a big spinoff from the first uh, article that I wrote. I think you're the you're the only person who has managed to parlay uh, <laughs> overthinking it into huge commercial success uh, huge for yourself. Success. Yeah, huge. I can't even I can't even tell you how many dollars I've earned <laughs> from right. writing 
This book about Teenage Mutant Ninja Yeah, Turtles, exactly. Yeah. Small small press publishing in Canada is a huge racket, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, John Parrish left us to go roll in, in self-publishing money, right? <laughs> no, he's still around. We love John. And, uh, I'll see him soon. <laughs> well, yeah, them... The... What up, what up, what up? Uh, <laughs> nice. nice. Shout out to Natalie Baseman, who's also out there killing it. She's yeah. awesome. You know, shout out to all the people we've had as our various experts and guests. Dana, uh, you know, Foremost, yep. foremost experts. Uh, apparently, according to this spreadsheet I have in front of me, what up, what up, what up began on episode 51 of the podcast, uh, June 22nd, 2009, title of which was, we need a woman on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> which t- has always been true. It's yeah. still true. <laughs> it's nothing, not, not, nothing much changes. It's, yeah, uh, change. it's yeah. always been. Well, uh, episode 52 was called Billy Mays for Kaboobies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we don't have a woman on the <laughs> yeah, it's we not. Deserve it. Yeah, probably, it probably doesn't. <laughs> uh, this podcast is ruined. Um, for me, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, there are like I, you know, I don't, I moved across the country. I went to grad school. Uh, I started and ended a big long relationship. I well, I mean, I <laughs> I started it. I didn't end it, but <laughs> but. Uh, <Yeah>. I, <laughs> It ended. And it ended. the, uh, and, um, you know, uh, I went from um, kind of having a job to being in grad school, so really not having a job, and then to being, <laughs> then to being yeah. self-employed, uh, so having a whole bunch of jobs, and then back to having an actual, uh, having an actual job again. Um, yeah, and, I used to call myself self-unemployed, oh, that's which great. seemed to... Uh, <laughs> seem to encapsulate it a little bit better. And that's, uh, I mean, if, if only we had a social safety net like, uh, like Canada does. The, um, but the, the, I don't know, I feel like the, the thing, it would be interesting to go back and, and sort of listen. I'm not sure I could bear it, right? Um, because I feel like actually, this is not something we took up, but I feel like we, we've changed a lot as, broadcasters as well i you know early on we all have in in various ways some experience uh in like live performance whether as as comedians or musicians or actors or whatever and i always i think like early on in the podcast i always felt like um I was in in front of a room, a live room, amping up the crowd. And so there was a lot of, hey, how you doing? Yeah, rah, rah, kind of stuff. Oh, boy, we're doing the... And then I realized that the nature of this medium is that you're kind of talking directly into somebody's ear. You know, everybody listens to these things on uh, uh, on headphones, by and large. And, and so I feel like our... I think our show has probably gotten more conversational and I'll bet listening, listening back. I'm, and, and again, I'm not sure I could bear to do this. Uh, I'll bet listening back would bear that out. I think also maybe our concerns have changed. Uh, and if you have been, if you are, you know, one of the stalwarts, bless you, uh, one of the stalwarts who have listened to us all, all this time, I'll bet it, it happened slowly, um, and probably less than noticeably, but I'll bet if you were to sample, you know, a random five episodes, you know, from each era, I'll bet you would see our point of view shift. A little bit. And so like the change that I'm, I mean, in my life, the change that I am, uh, I'm probably most um, cognizant of is is a change from trying to be right to trying to be happy. (laughs) 
<laughs> or or a change from trying to be good, trying to be better. I think we talked about this on the productivity podcast, right? Like there is a sense that like, oh, I can do, I can do this, that I can change my whole thing. I can, you know, I, oh, there's all kinds of ambitions and kind of a, a, a vision of a fitter, happier you that like, you know, is, is just beyond the bend and this thing, you know, these things are going to happen and they're going to make you happy and they're going to make you sort of complete and they're going to, they're going to make everything okay. And, and all this stuff. And I, I feel like I've, I've maybe, um, let go of that a little bit and focused on trying to be me, uh, you know, in a way that, I don't know, maximizes utility and across a couple of, of different axes rather than trying to, uh, change the, the, the nature of what the me, um, the me is, I mean, you know, all, all criticism is really autobiography and I, I, I'll bet that's borne out. If you look at our, uh, if you look at, at the 10 year history of us talking into microphones uh, on a Skype call together and recording it for public consumption. Um, let's get to the meat of the, let's get to the meat of, of the podcast. Uh, I asked everyone to pick a couple of episodes that, uh, exemplify, uh, something about the podcast or reflect topics that they feel like we're not adequately covered we have uh you know a little bit of time for everybody pete what do you, what did you pick for your uh for your handful of ep- overthinking it episodes and and uh what do we need to what what terrible uh lapse or oversight do we need to go back and rectify in our conversation well i think that for me the ones i was focusing on were the episodes that in some way yearned towards something about our future that we didn't quite understand at the time and that are worth revisiting to see what we felt about it then and to feel what we feel about it now. Chief among them is probably our most, from an anthropological perspective, predictive and insightful episode, I think, although I haven't listened to it in a long time, at least conceptually, if not in execution, which is episode 106 called Forchanic Discourse, which is about how the tactical uh, technologies of power and the manner of conversation on the internet that was coming out of the b-board on 4chan had an ability to dominate other spaces was coming out of 4chan and redefining the rules of online discourse across all sorts of different kinds of platforms i believe it was inspired by me reading about 4chaners invading a specific anime message board remember message boards and uh Oh, right. Hey, oh, talk <laughs> to the forums. Right? Yeah, exactly. Remember yeah. the overthinking Tacom forums. <laughs> and so this podcast aired in July of 2010. <laughs> and, and it would take a full six years for it to take over the federal government. So um, <laughs> which I only which I say only slightly glibly because it really has come to define public discourse. What owns an online space? This wasn't really a question at the time that I think people were taking seriously enough, just the whole idea that not feeding the trolls was at all going to be a profitable proposition for the person facing that question. Like, oh yeah, just don't pay attention to them and they'll go away. Uh, That was not what was happening at the time, and that's not what's happened in any of the intervening years. So to understand what's happening now from the perspective of the past, if you've dug this up out of the nickel-cadmium disc that we engraved it into before launching it into space (laughs) and you're in the far future, go listen to episode 106 and see what we got right and what we got wrong about what happened to all of us shortly after this episode was recorded. 
uh, anyone you're listening to right now. So that's my first one. Now, do we want to have a sort of pause and see if anyone else has anything to say about these, or should I just sort of cruise to number two? No, no. I mean, I, I you know, I think I think that's good. So we're saying. Uh, I feel like the 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 um, time cycle of our predictions. Um, was has gotten tighter like it was only episode 496 when we said michelle yo with a goatee is still out there so yeah. uh you know i maybe, <laughs> maybe we're not uh I, i'm not sure if we're not hooked into it i mean we weren't we actually i i recall like us be, having a little trepidation but feeling more almost more excited because of the the there's a kind of primeval ooze nature to 4chanic discourse i suppose oh, yeah. na- now it's like now it's it's reddit discourse or so i feel like it's moved from from you know 4chan style image boards well, now it's just everywhere now it's yeah. just everything yeah. yeah sure twitter i guess and has has been taken over yeah now it is the kind of the dominant mode of of human interaction god but and now we're all such a simple time back then (laughs) well now we're also a lot more invested in institutions and society and so the idea of freewheeling uh folks who don't follow any of the rules coming in and breaking the party up threatens us in a real way that it did not back then (laughs) so uh just understanding our own perspective in the matter is not the same how have we changed in the last 10 years we're a lot less excited about 4chan taking over the world that's for sure (laughs) not that we were totally (laughs) bullish on their prospects at the time oh by the way this was also the podcast that was recorded right after probably the single most important event in my life of the last 10 years in terms of its influence in sort of a butterfly effect sort of way which was when my apartment was destroyed a flood uh, which uh, caused me to become somewhat dispossessed and plunge into a depression uh, that I would cause me to question a lot of things going on in my life. Wow, quasi. Uh, that's, so. that's like biblical, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. Mm. You know, what? watch away the rain, black hole sun and whatnot. <laughs> so that's that's number one. So yeah, that's the first thing one. that you did when you found a new apartment is a uh, plant of uh, grapevine. <laughs> no, you just start. You start the pyramid of root beer cans in the basement, right? All right. This pe- was when the root beer cans started coming full in large numbers. <laughs> very lucky for my own health now that it was root beer and I diet mean, root beer in particular. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, if if yeah. uh, if he had only sent the plague of flood to wash away the root beer cans, Dianu, um, exactly. let's let's uh, let's push on. So the second one is to jump way forward all the way to episode 270, which is titled, which has the excellent title, Imagine the Story I'm Telling You is Awesome, or Imagine the Story I'm Telling is Awesome. And, uh, and this is a podcast about a movie I went to go see by myself in an almost empty theater, which has become a much more common practice. This was kind of the original golden age of watching terrible movies to podcast about. And uh, this was also a, just a couple of episodes away from uh, RIPD, Tell Me Is There Bomb in Gilead, which is another marvelous podcast, <laughs> which includes a rather beautiful alternate fan fiction ending to RIPD that I, I still recommend. But So this episode, episode 270, is about the Ethan Hawke, Selena Gomez vehicle getaway, which uh, nobody saw but me apparently and was very portentous i think in certain ways that it was predicting the future of entertainment and culture this was in september of 2013 this was a movie that was about inspired by and focused entirely too much on the shelby mustang 
right? Like the Shelby, the, the specific Shelby Mustang at the time. So the previous generation Mustang from what's out right now, but the, the Shelby Mustang very prominently features up in, in this movie up to the point that it dominates all other considerations about what the movie is about. Long lingering shots of the brand on the seats, the badges. And I recall from that movie, there being a plot element where John Voight is in the movie. And that's the other thing I wanted to bring up, but just in a second, John Voight is on the phone ordering Ethan Hawke to drive the Mustang through a flatbed full of water containers, like office water jugs, which he does. He does this for no reason. The only reason cars don't cars don't float. <laughs> but if it explodes all of the water, it just goes like, Pshaw! and you see this dramatic shot of the Mustang driving through these water things, which in another movie would have required a cop to be chasing someone through a place where this was traversing. But instead, it's just like drive the Mustang into the water bottles. And uh, and I think several of the things that this forecasted were one, this is a brand driven drama. And this was I, this was a little bit after that transformation was really taking place in the business, which I think you can pin on the office. I think as having really innovated in funding, uh, going entertainment being funded from the sort of penny magazine model. Okay, I'll I'll step it way back. You start with people buying. You start with subscribers. You know, buying uh, things like newspapers and stuff. And then you get to the point where advertising comes in and the price of things like newspapers and magazines goes way, way, way down. And then you get into radio and you get into TV and this gets funded on that same sort of model where people don't really pay a lot for entertainment in especially mass entertainment because there is this general market of advertising that supports things. And you, you go into this sort of weird, uh, upside down parabola i guess it's right side up in its own fashion where you start from individual brands are really sponsoring specific shows to the place where advertising is this sort of big general pool of stuff that's happening and then you kind of come up out of it into this place where brands start being a lot more influential in what sorts of entertainment that you're watching and i would even venture to say much more important in all sorts of media so now, if you read the news, you're much more likely to be reading the news that is forwarded to you or sponsored to you by a vested interest. And I'm not just talking about the media. I mean, you're much more likely to read something where the profit motive for giving it to you is not the idea of, we can get enough people to advertise for this thing that it, it can pay for itself if you just sort of chip in a little bit. It's a lot more like, okay, this vested interest wants you to hear this. And this vested interest has paying for you to hear it. And that means that the people who don't have that kind of backing aren't really competitive with the people who have that kind of backing anymore. And also the culture has become more receptive to it, where it's like, I want to hear stuff that's about things that I like. I want to hear things that identify for me with other things that I see as part of my identity. I, I think of myself as a Mustang person, so I want to watch the movie that is 70% Mustang and 30% movie. And I think that this phenomenon he sort of thought of as writ large across the whole culture. And The Getaway is just the most soulless, cynical example of this sort of thing. Where, like, if you've ever read a newspaper article, which is just transparently political with no other purpose, right? Where it's just like, so-and-so kicked a dog, right? Or like, so-and-so, you know, comments on Bill and, and curses by while stepping in something. And it really shows how they feel about it. Or just any sort of newspaper article or, or sorry, like, posted online article that shows a picture of somebody that you they've decided that you don't like in a very unflattering light that's sort of like the getaway 
where they're serving up to you this this branded interest and and you're seeing it because you like the branded interest and the idea that you're seeing a movie that's supposed to entertain you has kind of dropped out of the equation entirely you're imagining that the story that's being told is awesome but it is not <laughs> and uh and also because it's the gig economy because john voight rather like recorded probably all his scenes in like four hours and just like drank martinis the whole time <laughs> so uh so that's that so i wanted to mention the getaway and and talking about the getaway as i think uh a challenge at the time, but in retrospect, obvious where it was headed. So, anyone else care at all about the getaway with Ethan Hawke and Selena Gomez? No, because I'm I'm not a Mustang person, you know. Yeah, I mean that's true. I'm a I'm a, a challenger person, you know, and that's uh, <laughs> oh, that's a little different. Yeah. So, right, so, so wait, what movie? What 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 film franchise do I like if I'm a challenger person? You know, I mean, The Fast and the Furious, obviously. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely. That's very clearly it. Or like maybe John Wick, but. That goes back and forth between Mustangs, Dodges, and Chevys. So there you go. So those are those are the two that I picked as, as first and foremost. I could keep going, uh, but of course you all know that because you've heard me do it for 500 episodes. And so we I uh, <laughs> and 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 we love it when you do because we keep coming back for more, Pete. Um, <laughs> uh, Mark, what what did you pick for your uh, your walk down memory lane? Sure, I'm going to go for a couple of movie topics that we either. Uh, haven't gone in depth in or just have completely missed entirely. Uh, yes, it's possible. Um, but before I go into these, uh, I've mentioned many times before, and in fact, even just in my little prologue earlier, that I love the movies, that ritual of going into the theater and getting fed like this two-hour bouillon cube of storytelling and emotional transportation, all these types of things, is my preferred way to uh, to participate in the pop culture. And, and, and entertainments. Other people like their binge watching or their shows. It's you know stretched across seven episodes, uh, seven seven uh, seven seasons, and uh, many many hours of it. I like my two hour movie, and you know of course a sequel that follows on upon that every once in a while. Some of my favorite movies that barely have gotten much coverage on overthinking it are the Planet of the Apes movies. Episode one hundred and sixty two in two thousand eleven, uh, appropriately titled "The Apes of Wrath." <laughs> um, was on uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, right? The, the the James Franco movie, the beginning of the new Planet of the Apes trilogy that just wrapped up um, and received huge critical acclaim. Um, they're just like everything you want movies to be, um, like simple enough action stories that aren't too complicated, aren't over overwrought with too many characters and too many plot lines and things like that. And yet... Uh, accomplish a lot in terms of big ideas because what are the Planet of the Apes movies about? They're about the divide between man versus uh, versus animal and ideas about how that, you know, using that as an allegory to talk about racism and tribalism and all these other uh, sort of weighty political things. Planet of the Apes movies are awesome. Uh, even the Tim Burton remake from, what, 2001, uh, which is uh, mostly unloved, but still has some interesting things going on about I would love to talk about that uh, with you guys at some point. So that's just a kind of a general open invitation for it. And if we can figure out why on earth uh, Tim Burton returns to Earth uh, and sees uh, Abraham Lincoln, spoiler alert, Abraham Lincoln replaced with the monkey or with an ape, rather. Uh, if you can figure that out, then uh, if anybody can figure it out, it's us. So, Planet of the Apes is something that I would love to talk more about. Uh, any, any, uh, anything on that before I move on? You damn dirty apes! I, you know, I didn't I've, see those. I've, I've got an idea. This is, it seemed it seemed like uh, first of all, apparently, uh, I, I may be wrong about this, but I think that that is actually the ending of the original story that the uh, that the movies were based on. That that's yes, how, right. I was. 
what I came out of that movie thinking was, first of all, yeah, it's, it's not as bad as everyone says it is. Although I think that by that point, um, Tim Burton was kind of not that interested in story anymore and was a lot more interested in visual uh, in, in, in visual storytelling rather than straight-up narrative, which is kind of sad to, to me. Because his early stuff is some of my are some of my favorite movies. But so, okay. What I got from that was that they, the planet that they had gone to was Mars in the distant past. So what leads me, first of all, there were two moons, if I remember correctly, which uh, signaled Mars. And it was like millions of years ago. And so when they return, um, to their their own time and their own planet, um, which was not, you know, the the in in what we know of is that the uh, the the planet of the apes was it was Earth all along, right? But uh, in this case, I think it there it wasn't Earth; it was actually Mars in in the distant past. And when they do return home to what is Earth in the present, the reason that everything has been taken over by apes is that they by bringing those apes to Mars in the distant past they inadvertently created a civilization of apes that by the time they get back into back to the future uh has colonized earth I just this took it to mean that is... Daniel Ape Lewis played Lincoln in the Spielberg movie <laughs> <laughs> No, you know what? I've abandoned I, I, my damn dirty apes. I think you're right. Actually, never mind all. <laughs> that is some super high quality head cannon there, Richard. Thank I you. Like that a lot. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, someone dropped something heavy in the background. Mark, what what, what else you got going on? Oh, uh, the uh, the other movie topic which we have not touched on at all is one movie specifically, Lawrence of Arabia. And by extension, a lot of classic cinema prior to, I don't know, 1970 or so. Um, I call out Lawrence of Arabia specifically because I recently saw the Spielberg documentary that is uh, on HBO. It's excellent. I recommend you go see it. And um, Lawrence of Arabia is the movie that got Spielberg started on his film career. And he goes back and rewatches it every year as kind of like just uh, to rekindle the fire of sorts. And so much of our pop culture conversation, movies, television, um, uh, that all this pop culture that we grew up with and continue to experience to this day has been influenced so heavily by Spielberg, right? That I feel like uh, we owe it to ourselves uh, and to uh, all the members of the overthinking community to uh, revisit Lawrence of Arabia, uh, see how it holds up to a modern audience, especially because it's almost freaking four hours long, um, try to get what Spielberg extracted from it and continues to carry on uh, in, into his work uh, over the 80s, 90s, uh, and, 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 and current day. Um, but uh, kind of related to that as well is that, you know, there's all this other classic cinema that's out there um, that uh, we haven't touched upon maybe because part of us thinks that uh, what more is there to say about things? Or just, you know, it's just honestly, it's less interesting to us. It's less uh, sort of immediately appealing to us. But to address the first part of that that somehow that you know it's all been said before well i think we've proven many many times before that uh, we always find something interesting but we've just kind of created our own playing field um our own little arena 
of discourse. We can drop anything in and uh, and, uh, and 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 duke it out with with that piece and, and come up with something interesting. So um, I would love to talk to, about you guys with Lawrence of Arabia. I know that you know carving out four hours of your lives um, to rewatch it is a a very high bar to clear. Um, to which I would say, I don't know, you can load it onto your phone these days, right? And you catch it 20 minutes at a time in your commute, which is unsure uh, how the filmmakers originally intended to watch it. But, you know, we'll, we'll make accommodations. We can make it happen. Discourse. Drink. No, apparently from this spreadsheet I'm looking at, uh, the overthinking a drinking game dates from uh, episode 72 called Tiger, Tiger. I've, yeah, we've had this ambivalent relationship to sort of actually doing classic uh, classic things. I mean, one, one, because I feel like the tone of, of our, our little thing that we do is kind of not to pass ourselves off as, as experts, as like, as like film school, as like film studies professors or, or something like that. And that that's like kind of not, uh, not that we're, we're more like, uh, the, the voice of what we do is more like your, your friend who kind of points out cool things that, that you maybe hadn't noticed before. But I suppose that that's possible to do, uh, with the classic stuff as much as it is possible to do with, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, um, and that uh, you know that that's not not uh, not a bad idea. Maybe maybe then I I can fulfill my my uh, dream of doing a um, doing a, a long book club on the unsurpassed and unsurpassable greatest work of literature in any language ever, John Milton's Paradise Lost. Uh, Twelve episodes, book by book. We will we will consider it. Um, I don't know. What do you say, Pete? Are you up? Uh, are you up for the challenge of doing that with me? Man, this is so tempting. <laughs> think of the think of the knowledge that I would bring out of the situation, the knowledge of good and evil. I don't know, man. It's a hard decision. I don't want to spoil it, so maybe they'll have to watch. Uh, <laughs> um, Lawrence of Arabia. All right. Well, you know, with with the Wizard of Oz and some other some other movies, we've started and E.T. Uh, Spielberg's E.T. We've started doing some classic movies. So maybe uh, maybe w- one of these weeks we can commit ourselves to watch the four hour epic and uh, and talk about it a little bit. I don't know. Sound off in the comments if you if you would enjoy that. You feel like that's a good uh, that that would be a good episode of the podcast. I mean, not not a uh, not a bad idea at all and once you do that i mean there's easily another 500 episodes in you know the classics of cinema and literature and and television i mean imagine the uh the recaps we could write on every episode of cheers you know imagine i i started uh, downloading i mean i uh, i i i found that just fell off the back of a truck at at some <laughs> point um uh night court by the way so oh. you can expect something uh, on that for me coming up in the future. Um, Richard, what are you, uh, what were your, uh, I know your, your acquaintance with the podcast has been, has been shorter, but you know, you've been with the site through, through most of its life. And it's, uh, it's only fair to, to, uh, you know, it's, it's only fair that you, you enjoy all of the rights and privileges there unto appertaining. <laughs> so, uh, what, what, uh, what is your, uh, you know, personal best of here? Uh, well, speaking of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, which you mentioned a few minutes ago, perfect yes. segue, um, nailed that segue. Uh, um, good, good, I could, good segue is a tradition of this podcast, so yeah, you know, yeah. way to keep the, the flame alive. 
<laughs> Thanks. Um, I always, I can always talk more about Ninja Turtles, so I'm not going to, <laughs> because I always can, and I could, uh, yeah, I could start my own podcast, like TFTMNT. I could do that. <laughs> but, um, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna, I'd I'd like to revisit, um, Stranger Things, which you guys had, uh, three, uh, podcast episodes overall on Stranger Things. Um, you had the first one on, for the first season. You had, uh, two for the second season because we're all older and can't watch an entire series uh, overnight anymore, but um, in a in a in a larger sense, see the reason the main reason that I wasn't there uh, on those podcasts, and I think a big reason why I'm not as uh, frequent a guest as I could be is that um, I don't uh, I don't get to the I don't get to things as quickly as I used to most things, so. Uh, I'm a lot slower to uh, adopt, uh, for instance, like Stranger Things. Uh, I saw, you know, ever all my Facebook friends being like, "Oh, Stranger Things, it's the best thing ever!" This thing on Netflix, Stranger Things, it's so great. I'm like, "Yeah, all right, you know, cool, whatever." And after the like 10 millionth person mentioned it, I was like, "Fine, I'll check out Stranger Things," and uh, it turns out that it's like the best show that's ever it's the paradise lost of Netflix. So, <laughs> and, and you know, I instantly fell in love with it. Like I, 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 I was, I was sold straight from the, uh, straight from the, the opening credits or whatever the, the, you know, the now famous, uh, stranger things logo. And it's just great. And, but, but it took me a long time to get, to it, and it takes me a long time to get to a lot of stuff, which is why um, there are actually a bunch of episodes uh, of this podcast that I still haven't listened to because I just haven't watched the thing yet. Right? Like I waited; it was months before I listened to the um, X Men Apocalypse podcast. And well, thank you to Jeff Ross, who's awesome. Yeah, 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 podcast, yeah. The world's foremost expert on the X Men. Yeah, it was, and it was great, and I was really happy to have it there uh, to hear instantly, like the day after I finally watched the movie on Netflix. And, but I like to more than you know, I, more than I like to know, try to know at least what I'm supposed to be talking about. Um, I don't want to be spoiled, right? So. There have been some amazing, maybe some of the best podcasts where you guys uh, were talking about things that maybe none of you had seen. And that's great and super entertaining. I've never been disappointed by any of those, you know, the usual topic, right? And, uh, but I, I'm, I'm one of those really spoiler phobic people. And so I'm just, I've got a I've got a big backlog of these things. Like, you know, I'll listen to I'll listen to the podcast where you're talking about something that I don't really think I'll ever watch or wouldn't care to be spoiled about. 
Um, but things that I'm really interested in that you talk about, uh, I really have to. I have to be sure that I, that it's not that it's going to enhance my enjoyment of it after the fact rather than um, just dissect it before I've had a chance to take a look. Um, so, Stranger Things I think deserves a lot more uh, overthinking, and I think that it'll happen. We'll get it because there is going to be at least one more, probably two more seasons, which I'm excited about. But who knows? That could be on the 20th anniversary. You never know. And uh, episode 1000, strangest things. But uh, so th- there's that. Maybe maybe I'll uh, I'll be so much of a hermit by then that I won't have anything to do. And uh, I will be able to watch an entire uh, binge, an entire uh, season of something on Netflix in one night. Um, and that'll be great for everyone. It's interesting to to think about it. I mean, yes, we sort of get older, we get more hermit-like, we get less time for, for, uh, you know, watching TV and stuff like that. But, um, also I feel like the, the trend of 4chanic discourse, the trend of, uh, sort of fragmented distribution, the trend of hyper-personalization, the, the mm-hmm. trend of, uh, AI or, uh, machine learning enabled, um, content recommendations and and you know you you may also like right uh, algorithms mm. um sort of pushes us pushes us all into our our own bubble a little bit and yeah there is this there is this huge library that you can you can sort of go back to um I talked to overthinker Ryan Sheely about it sometimes, and he's a uh, he's a he he has a political science hammer, so everything looks like a, a public goods nail. But he he sort of talks about it in terms of public goods theory, and like that this is a uh, you know that this is a kind of va- value that's out there, free for the uh, uh, free for the taking. All right, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna close this out uh, as we we wind down. Everyone has been very uh, gracious, very indulgent for letting us. Um, kind of gaze into gaze into the navel so long that the navel begins to gaze into us uh here but my um my episodes are the let's see let me pull up the things uh, episode 290 i believe it was called the in medias race of choice and episode 310 which was i think called standing at the edge of tomorrow these were two uh episodes where we played around with the form a little bit the in medias race one was where the one in which we with no warning we just kind of started in the middle of the episode uh and then you know came around um then 310 uh we what did we do? oh this podcast is ruined we would we would sort of uh we'd uh, uh scuttle the podcast and start over and i think we did that maybe a dozen times throughout the uh uh, throughout the course of the episode, these things sort of mimicked um, some aspect of the thing that that we were talking about, and I think it it speaks to one of the um, the aspirations of what we've tried to do, and and hope hopefully we've succeeded in some some way at which is that we we've tried to make this not just a, a bunch of um, you know pretentious bloviating, uh, but fun pretentious bloviating. You know, <laughs> enjoyable, uh, pretentious bloviating. That is to say, I think, I think like we, we hope that first it's an entertainment. Uh, so my question to you is, are you not entertained? Um, that, that, uh, you know, we want, um, 
that 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 we want to have a good time uh, first, and some of the the fun creative things, some of the fun things that we can do uh, to play around with the form have been good, uh, have been you know good for us. Um, final thoughts from from the panel before we uh, before we sign off on this 500th episode of the Overthinking It podcast. I sort of don't know what to say. I feel I feel like uh, oddly emotional. Not oddly. I suppose it's it's easy to understand why. I feel a little emotional. Uh, I, I guess I'm uh, I'm I'm proud of this thing we've done together, uh, gang. And I I uh, I appreciate you. And I'm I'm grateful uh, for you and for everyone who's podcasted with us. And I'm I'm super grateful for everyone who's ever listened to an episode that we did thank you all yeah i think as far as season finales go this one's been pretty good and i'm looking forward to season two <laughs> season, season two <laughs> Five, 501 through 1000 <laughs> exactly you know? exactly it's nice so, wait, series, the- series two if you're british yeah. So. <laughs> yeah it's like it's like the simpsons they're, they're, they're <laughs> overthinking a podcast yeah. did it overthinking a podcast did it <laughs> we have more episodes than the simpsons you guys is That's that tr- crazy. Is that true? Think about that. Yeah. They're only at like 400 and something. Oh, well, geez. Yeah, let's let's uh let's keep it up. Um Mark, anything anything from you? Just to echo your thanks to everybody who listens to this. Um we are supremely grateful for you. You give us an excuse to come together to do this thing. If we didn't, then I would just be rambling about this uh, to my poor wife, who would have left me by now, and that would be very sad. <laughs> that would be sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, we've 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 uh, we've saved your marriage. All right, so so I've I've, Wait, ref- I've got a, I've got a well actually myself, um, because The Simpsons has broadcast six hundred and twenty nine episodes. Oh well, we'll get there because we'll get they, there. they only do. We do uh, double the number every year that that they yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. So they had a head start to, on us. We so. just have to keep this this trajectory up. I mean, it's no accident that that we are the overthinkers without children. So for as long as that lasts, <laughs> we can probably we can probably keep this thing going because uh, you know n- none of us is uh, none of us is rolling in that independent publishing money. I'm just saying none of us has that that Scrooge McDuck style swimming pool of uh gold coins so you know hit us up at um at overthinking it.com slash join and be become a member uh you know and and you know support the the future for overthinking it service guarantee citizenship <laughs> so uh, I've referred a couple times to the spreadsheet. Uh, before we wrap, I just want to give a big thanks to uh, our our friend and overthinker, uh, overthinking it member, also Jeff W. That uh, uh, he has compiled some data on. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's compiled some data uh, and uh, shared it with us a while ago, and has kept up um, just b- dropping a few things about the uh, dropping a few things about each episode of the podcast as he listens to them into a spreadsheet. So, like, uh, like who was on it, the the duration, the you know, a copy paste of the topic statement um, from the spreadsheet. So, from from this, I can tell you that the most uh, frequent overthinking a podcaster uh, is Peter Fenzel. Woohoo! Yep. Yay. <laughs> I yeah. heard no bell. I heard no bell. <laughs> you're, uh, uh, you've, I heard no fat. That's lady. a lot of. That's yeah. a lot of drinking. 
<laughs> that's uh uh you've ed- edged me out by four episodes i'm i'm second at 496 and mark uh i you are i believe next at 388 so you know and i'm last at 10 uh including so, today yeah some people might be i don't know some people might be uh Nope, <laughs> you're last at ten. Oh, I know. I checked. Trust me. <laughs> uh, Dead last. That in terms of in terms of person hours. Uh, now my display decides to go on the fritz right when I need to read off of a spreadsheet to uh, to, yeah. clo- to I mean, close. We've up had the a lot of people who visited us just now and again, like you know Hannah Fuller, Carrie Derzik. They told. Spe- they're special guests. Oh, okay. So for, foremost experts don't count. There are <laughs> swan. There have been. Right. There you just is, wanna, you're just trying to elevate your own status, Richard. Well, yes. Zach Zach Johnson, Ben Krinsky. Ben Adams has been on it, but he's one of the the group, as he, it were. Uh, yeah, our friend our uh, our friend John uh, has yeah. been on. Maddie Myers, uh, Gab Arrowwood, Matt Silver, yep. uh, Amanda Marcotte. Um, you know, this is, uh, uh, you know, this has been, we've had some great, uh, we've had some, some great friends, uh, according to what we have, uh, here, the, uh, duration in person hours of the overthinking a podcast is 2,258 person hours of, uh, all, all together that factors in the number of, um, that factors in the uh, the number of people on each on each episode. So you know it's double. It's it's uh, episode duration times number of people. And when we used to have the question of the week, the average question of the week percent of the show was twenty and a quarter uh, percent, which is why we've I'm surprised it was that low. I know it's why we've moved it to its own. Um, to its own feature, the average length of a uh, the average length of an overthinking it podcast is sixty six point eight minutes. The length has been trending steadily upward uh, in 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 the time that we've been doing the podcast. Um, you know, the slope it's not a uh, it's the slope of the regression line is not. Um, you know that's steep, but it does definitely uh, it does definitely trend upwards. And when I uh, when I asked uh, listener Jeff W about uh, this big data, he said, and I quote, "Big data, I just meta." <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Um I can hardly think of a better joke to go out on. Let's uh let's call it there and um and you know leave it for for next week. So thank you very much for listening for allowing us to navel gaze. Uh I hope we didn't go go uh too deep up our own butts but uh we were um we we were happy to do it and it's a fun way to celebrate this thing that we've done thank you again so much for listening thanks to the members for giving us the support that sustains us through all the life changes over the last 10 years and into the next 10 uh and thank you for joining us to subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. Did I miss the podcast? <laughs>